Hey Jordan, good to see you. Good to see you. How's your week been? I mean, it's just started. How's your previous week? It's a Monday, by the way, in case uh, you couldn't tell. Look, I'm glad that you said that because I feel like a permanently unemployed man. Just that's, that's our lives. I don't know what day it is. Actually, by the look of your room, you probably do know what day it is. It's a very niche man. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to brag, but I do know the day of the week. Yeah, I know. I'm doing better than most uh, men in their 20s, I think. This college boy, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> he's great this guy he thinks knows. he's fucking better than us because he knows what day it is. What a wanker. I'm Australian. You are a sellout, man. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, what, what did I do last week? I got in a fight with a bunch of physicists and that's pretty much it. I saw a bit of that, uh, a bit of the nuclear power fallout, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the meltdown. Oh, that's why I'm a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, Give us a brief uh, two-minute overview of what, what happened there. Well, it is my contention... Uh, you may find this shocking, Neil, but I think I'm right. And uh, Who'd have thought? <laughs> pretty much what I think that the, the general miscommunication is, and I'm doing a change my mind, patent pending, the first human being to think of that format. Um, I think that what's happened is that everybody who is pro-nuclear energy is very pro the idea of what it could be in the future but essentially what they're into is a science fiction fantasy that's never actually existed in the real world when you look at the long-term effects it always just goes oh yeah we've got fusion technology coming over and thorium reactors and it's just like yeah cool where is it what you have currently is just a bunch of things belching out toxic waste to the estimates of eighty-eight thousand tons it just gets sat there like it's a fucking yeah, bag full of shit. I, I <laughs> Just, agree. What do you do with it, man? And, and that's and why. Then... And that's why we need to keep burning coal. <laughs> <laughs> need to keep doing it. Damn. We're good at the species. Neil covered it on the right angle. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Did you guys think about this? Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep those shareholders happy. Really. I mean. That's the main thing. I mean, look, you know what? Actually, coming in, and the more I've researched it, the f- the further I've gone down the rabbit hole, the more I'm thought, you know what? I actually agree. I agree oh, with really? your <laughs> joke. Okay. I would prefer coal than nuclear energy. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, because this is the whole thing, right? Coal would get rid of the biggest environmental problem the, the planet is facing. I mean, sorry, nuclear would get rid of the biggest environmental problem the planet is facing if you're just putting trillions of dollars of investment into it. I mean, we're talking hundreds of trillions of dollars, actually. Mm-hmm. But then it creates the number two and number three biggest environmental problem that takes its place. And then you're just currently on this knife's edge the rest of your life just being like, and rolling the craps today. Yeah, there wasn't a meltdown today. Yay. So <laughs> which go. one's worse? You know, I, I, I think I would rather slowly boil to death than have extreme leukemia for 10 or 20 years. I mean, anyway, that's those idea. are the choices. Yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> um, anyway. Don't want leukemia. But uh, yes, here we are at the, the Neil and Jordan podcast. Number three, I believe. Is it? Okay, good. Yeah, number three. And our topic this week is uh, mindfulness. Did you uh, mm. do any research on it this time? Bit of zen. I didn't. No, but I meditated on it, so... That's the same shit? Yeah. You know what, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm I'm throwing my hat in the ring here. I did that as well sometimes. I did inner research. (laughs) Inner research of my psyche. And what did you find? 
<laughs> I found some dark thoughts, man. <laughs> do you do you sometimes have that where you meditate? Because I do that as well. That, yeah, that oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty dark stuff. Always uh, pops up. But that's that's normal, right? That's normal to just have fantasies of murdering children. As we've discussed hours in previous podcast. That's normal, right? <laughs> yeah. For a man that lives in an apartment by himself, yes. Everyone says that. <laughs> you live in an apartment by yourself. You must be a creep. I don't know what... I, I mean, <laughs> is there really a correlation there? I I'm going to have to say yes, but... The- it's men who live in basements at their parents' houses. Well, that's just a new extreme. They're the creeps. Look, I, I can't not argue with that because the people that I know that do that are all flashing through my mind and not one of them doesn't have really long, fucked, unkempt hair. There you go. <laughs> so, um, but look, we, we can make fun of incels another day and that's a fun thing to make fun of in Without itself. A you doubt. always get a lot of dislikes for that. Yeah, some um, good self-deprecating humour there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, look... In general, mindfulness, the, the one thing that I think mm. always stuck in, in my mind when I was reading about it is actually David Lynch, the guy who wrote, this is pathetic that I don't even know the name of the text that he's so famous for writing, mm-hmm. um, but it's that thing, it's like my whole reference in life, that thing from The Simpsons that just goes, Chief Wiggum, don't eat the clues. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what is that show called again? It's not I important, remember, but I remember though. that quote. I do remember yeah. that quote. It's well regarded as one of the greatest shows of all time. There's going to be so many comments angry about this. But what, The Simpsons? No, the, yes, obviously, but them referencing Pants, that yeah. show as something that David Lynch made. Mm. And it's this incredible, bizarre show from the 80s. And then they remade it a few years before. Oh, sorry, we didn't even remake it. They just extended it. There was just a 25-year hiatus between season one and season two. That's how much of an artist this guy is. True he genius. Just goes, yeah. He goes, it's ready. A quarter of a century later. Oh, man. And a... Or was he just procrastinating? Well, that's that's... Part of his genius is that he is a huge time waster, apparently. Next time I have an assignment due, I'll just wait 25 years. And <laughs> if you wait two weeks, you're just lazy. But 25 years, that's when you get to genius level. And I honestly, truly believe that as well. I think that if you did wait 25 years to write an essay, it would be godly. To be honest, yeah. Any work of art that's been... If you're persisting at something for 25 years... it. Well, it, it would have to be it, fucking good. Yeah, you're really putting all your eggs in that basket. It'd be pretty awkward if it's not life. good. <laughs> this is this is a five star. Yeah. This is a it's five out of ten C? stars at yeah. best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, he was saying mm. that he does transcendental meditation. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's pretty much the same as all the other meditation routines, except it costs a thousand dollars to learn, but. I did it, and then I, then I was just like, oh, oh you've done so it. So breathe a lot. Hmm. Mm. Uh, but anyway, he does that. He swears by it, as is Jerry Seinfeld. You'll see a lot of these creatives that are at the top of their field. Um, Ron, yeah, like Ron Howard, a lot of these people do it. Um, but he does it twice a day, and he describes it the way that you did. 
which I th- when I read it in a book, it seemed really profound. And then when you just paid it out, I was like, yeah, that is a shit idea. Anyway, moving on. But like he was saying that, like, he, he was saying that he kind of just deep jabs. He feels like hmm. he's, he's, his consciousness kind of turns into a scuba diver going deeper and deeper into the ocean. And That's every now and then. So you get that then. I mean, I, I'm not going to put it out there that I go to the same extent as David Lynch or, or mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld. I've only been doing it for about two years, but there's definitely an exploration of one's uh, inner psyche. And the more you do it, the, the more you discover. I think, I think it actually does work like that. Apart from the fact that your day in general is just better. It, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You have a general calm about you, a general tranquility of the mind that is... So good. Yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. Compared to, like, my just general demeanour compared to two years ago has improved out of sight. Well, let's explore the act. Mm. What, do you, what do you mean by that, first Could off? just be because I don't have a missus, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, that's probably the reason, let's be honest. <laughs> no, miss, I do yeah. it head in. <laughs> now you're just deep diving instead of drowning. Um, so deep what- diving into the puss, mate. <laughs> so okay well my experience with meditation and mindfulness was look for most of my life i did dismiss it as hippie pseudoscience (laughs) just generally part of that way of thinking that i just put it with astrology and all that kind of thing then when i actually started doing it which would have been about yeah two years ago i only started doing guided meditations on youtube Mm. and i just found the immediate effects uh the the most uh the most impactful. So after I do a guided meditation, I'd feel very calm. I'd feel very relaxed. What I then started to realize was the the long lasting effects after a couple of months, which is, as I was saying, my general demeanor and my overall level of calm and tranquility was just incredibly improved. So over two weeks. Did I say two weeks? Oh, did you say two years, two years, a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. That's when I started noticing improvements. Um, and mindfulness, uh, obviously, when you just observe your thoughts, when you actually do that, you realize just how powerful and constant your thought track is. Mm. There's constant thoughts mm. just zipping in and out of your mind at all hours of the day. Every second of the day, there's something going into your mind, coming in and out. And it's the way I describe it is it's kind of like a jukebox of your memories. So the more uh, impactful memories that you've had are going to pop into your mind at a greater frequency. Yep. And if those are negative memories, you're going to find yourself in a bad mood without even realizing it because something might have triggered that particular memory without you consciously knowing it and then you're in a bad mood suddenly. You have no idea why that happened. But then when you actually start to observe your thoughts and understand these patterns and you're never going to fully uh, you know, c- completely get rid of these thoughts in your mind, but you can definitely work on it and work on your, your reaction to it and not be as frustrated and, and just constantly in a state of, well, I wouldn't say panic, but neuroticism. And it's kind of backed up. They started doing free meditation courses, just a bunch of hippies, essentially. Well, hippies and psychologists that were researching the effects of it, because they saw promising results of this. This was in the 90s in mm. US schools that were... Uh, particularly dangerous. You know, the ones that you get frisked before you go into class and you're just like, dude, this is year four. Mm. Can you imagine the fucking middle school? (laughs) This is like just learning how to put a sentence together and they're packing heat. It's pretty gangster, I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah, it is boss. No (laughs) one's denying that. I was in year four getting frisked. (laughs) 
I'd be bragging about that. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> um, Had a toy gun today. Well, they don't no, have, but they don't have toy all... guns, do they? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not playing. No playtime there. Um, anyway, the point is, they started doing meditation mm. at the beginning of the day for 10 minutes. Mm. School fights within two weeks went down two-thirds, have consistently stayed there since. So there was a 66% reduction in fights just from saying to people, instead of drop everything and read and trying to get them to read. I don't even know if they try to do that in America. They're probably just like, here, just have some milk. But like, they... they um, Just put the gun down. Yeah. Put the gun down, <laughs> D-Ron. They... Uh, <laughs> So they just got them to shut up and sit down, and then someone just sat there and just like, breathe in and out. And just that reduced fights that much. You can see it in the faces of all the kids there. They just mm. look like stoners now. They're just going, yeah, I was going to start kicking Chris's ass, but then I realised, you know what, it's just a blip in the radar of time, man. I mean, the sun's been there for billions of years. It's going to be there when we die. you got to think about that stuff, mm. man. They start having that cosmic perspective of life, which is what I think happens when you slow down, is ironically, what happens when your mind slows down mm. is you get more done. Mm. It's a weird inverse. Without a doubt, because otherwise you have so many thoughts uh, hurtling through your mind that you can't properly focus on one individual task there is no focus yeah that's the thing so when you actually can meditate and you calm the 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 chaos of your mind down you can then truly focus on any given task for the rest of the day that's the other thing that really amazed well actually not so much because it's also the same thing as when you work out it's just the thing about Mm. meditation and working out or quitting smoking all of these things is you don't you don't feel you do feel better originally, but then it just becomes part of your day and then it just becomes the normal mix of what your life is. But then if you don't meditate for a day or a few days, you, you really start to notice your mind starting to clutter up oh, again and feeling tired and strained. Without a doubt. The, the, the true uh, effects are long-term and they're very incremental on a day-to-day basis. But as I said, if, if you know, just from personal experience, if I compare myself now compared to what i was two three years ago vastly different so what do you just get frustrated at any little thing even when i was driving just constant frustration this person i mean fair enough i do drive in sydney i was pretty human let's be honest but now i'm very zen on the on the roads as zen as i can be yeah still a few little moments of frustration there everyone's human but yeah it's it's gaining perspective it's it's the practice of meditation. That's what it is. I don't know exactly what the in, ins and outs and the actual mechanics of what's going on in my mind are, but all I can say is I've noticed an abs- like a massive improvement. When did you start meditating? Ugh, Jesus. Ten years ago. Really? And wow. I will say this about it as well. I used to meditate. So you were meditating when everyone was going out clubbing, Getting drunk. I didn't do much of that. And I did about six months of it and then I just went, yeah. At 18. This is the crazy thing well, about it. It's, it's really weird. Like what you realize after a while mm. is you will trade peaks of happiness mm. for just this constant feeling of me. Mm. 100%. Like the fact, like I would, if, if I could replace my brain with one of those white noise machines, I'd do it in a snap. Mm. It'd be such a better life. (laughs) (laughs) 
But like this what constant will highs be, and lows. <laughs> what videos will be, you be coming out then? Will you know what it'll be just coming be? out with them when it's just a white noise machine. <laughs> it'll just be that, won't it? It'll just be an ASMR channel of a bunch of just this. <laughs> <laughs> just very, very basic observations. The plant is green. The light is bright. And you know what's sad? Views would go up heaps. There's a slight tension in my left shoulder. <laughs> um, do you do that when you do your mindfulness? You, you, do you do the body scan? Yeah, yeah well, yes. Hmm. Yes. It's, it's changed throughout time, but the one that I used to do a lot, but now I kind of just, I don't have time for it anymore, but I kind of just traded it off because I did one meditation at the beginning of the day. Now I do two meditations, just quick 10 minute one instead of a 20 minute one. Hmm. But I would miss that actually. Now that I think about it, I'm going to go back to that. But just visualizing that made me feel a lot calmer and a lot happier. And I still do that to this day, actually. What do you when visualize? To, oh, this is very embarrassing. No. It's a safe space. Is it? Well, let's well, test we'll that, find shall out. we? <laughs> now I'm scared. Uh, I visualize myself with six-year-old boys. <laughs> Enjoying hey, the Yeah, but we're not doing anything weird, though. We're just playing. <laughs> There's nothing weird about a 30-year-old man playing with six-year-olds. Uh, Are you 30 now? Almost. Getting there. When, when's your birthday? Time. About a month from now. Oh, well... Happy uh, happy birthday in advance. <laughs> pre- pre- preemptive birthday. Thanks, man. That's actually one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. That's very nice to wish that in advance. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So the original the original meditation process that I went through was, yeah, the body scan. That's fine. Yeah. But then the next part after that was that I would imagine these 10 steps and I'd always imagine them in some old Persian palace for some reason. I just mm. like the design of those midi- uh, somewhat medieval palaces from that era of that area. Um, and inside was one of those. How nice is this thought? I don't know. Let's, let's just get a gauge on this, Neil. Do you like the idea? You would fucking love this idea, surely. The idea of one of those Babylonian gardens where they just get plants from every sector of the empire. You just have to say garden, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You just, you'd still buy Burke's backyard. You don't give a shit what that guy's like, man. It's, well, a, he's it's a, all about he, the plants. He's dude. a tortured genius. <laughs> <laughs> he's on par with Michael Jackson, Don Burke. Yes. They've all got their tortured side. Yes. Um, but uh, what are we talking like the Hanging Gardens of Babylon? Did they ever find that? I don't know, but I, I like the idea of some sultan sitting there tending to his plants and then they just go like, Sultan, the Romans are in the east border. It's like, eh, eh, eh. Okay, you tell me now. That's just such a nice thought in my head. And so, like, I was... Uh, are I, you I, the sultan or are you just observing this No, I'm just scene? walking around in this sick ball of garden. Wow, Okay. And then I uh, walk down these 10 steps and then I imagine that every time I'm walking down one of these steps... Um, Going deeper into your subconscious, is that what it is? Well, that's part of it, is yep. that you're, you're moving deeper into mm. a, a state where you're kind of winning yourself. But mm. it's also about pumping yourself with specific emotions. So there's always this saying that Deepak Chopra uses of just being like, I don't drink, I make my own gin and tonic in my mind. But like he's basically saying that if you just <laughs> if you sit there... And you're, Try to um, tell that to an Aussie on a Saturday night. Yeah, look, I mean, Deepak, I'm sorry, mate. but is it better than <laughs> That's why you haven't made it down under, Deepak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you move down those 10 steps 
And each one that you're imagining, you're imagining a different vibe or feeling going on you and the rest mm. of the world, actually. So what I imagine first is that you imagine going down the first, because this also just moves into Buddhist techniques, which is that you will mm. feel a lot happier imagining the happiness of someone else than you will feel imagining just being like, oh, I want happiness, just me. So what I do is just like, just walking down those steps, just being like, yeah, I just want to feel happy. So I just get that feeling in my thermos and just be like, and then just put that out into the rest of the world. It's very mm. hippie, but it does work. And this is the scenario as to why they think that when you look at a Buddhist's mind, mm. it's just so much more relaxed and constantly happy than anyone else's mind. And on top of that, because they're so present, they're able to read people's faces and see how they're feeling better than people who have trained at Scotland Yard as detectives and interrogators to see if someone's lying. Wow. Because they're just really present in the moment. So they're just constantly looking at someone else and just being like, I hope that you're having a good day. That's how they walk through life. And it is like it just shows it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. And in their mind, it's just undeniable that they have one of the most happy, stable minds that they've ever seen. This is just the Dalai Lama. All the other ones that they look at, they're always Buddhist monks of some degree. But they yeah. use that technique. Then when I get to the bottom of the stairs, I open up this door and then there's this enchanted forest in there that I think I got from a Britney Spears commercial. You know, my visualization is actually I mean, I don't I don't think I got mine from a Britney Spears commercial, but <laughs> there's similarities there. Yeah? What what do you yeah, do? Yeah, so I actually I don't have any uh human human built environment. I just walk deeper and deeper into a forest. And then there's a lake. What does the forest look like? Sorry, I'm just very curious it about just people's looks like a, It looks like a rainforest, so it's very lush. Yeah, nice. very green. You can hear the birds, a lot of nature sounds. But is it like an Aussie rainforest or is it Brazilian? Like, is, is it one of those cold rainforests? Yeah, cold rainforest. It's not. Temperate, it's, it wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's an Aussie rainforest. I mean, it's maybe close-ish to the Blue Mountains. Okay. Yep. Yep. But even then, good choice. World heritage. Much, nice. Uh, uh, more lush. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's your imagination. That's yeah. Fine. Less brown snakes <laughs> and bogans. Yeah. But strangely, <clears throat> um, yeah. Keep going with it, though. Um, so I think just, the equivalent yeah. of uh, <coughs> sorry you that's all right yeah walking down the steps for me is walking further and further into this particular forest and then I get to the lake eventually and that's when I where'd you get the lake from did you think of that yourself no I think I originally got it from a guided meditation and then I I just kept visualizing that mm. they always get you to imagine a lake mm. I mean it's so peaceful a tr there's nothing like a tranquil still calm lake exactly. I'm sick of all these people that like ocean views. I live near the ocean. I would trade it all to be a hermit in the mountains. I love that environment. Yeah. Trees and, yeah. and fresh water is amazing. Yeah, I'm with you there. But apparently it's a half-half thing. Apparently some people feel rejuvenated when they're at the, near the ocean and other people feel rejuvenated when they're at the forest. Oh, look, an empty beach is great. Don't get me wrong. A night, I don't know if you... Have you ever been to Whitehaven Beach in Queensland? Never even heard of it, but okay. go on. It's, it's just where nice. That's where the KKK is, Whitehaven. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cut that one out. Um, but it's beautiful. It's fantastic. And when we went, I went with my grandparents. So wholesome. Whenever you do anything with your grandparents, honestly. And I was a kid when I went. And as the name would suggest, the sand is incredibly white. And it's soft. The ocean is so calm. The trees are wonderful. There was no one else there. It was very isolated. It was beautiful. 
Well, incredible. How old were you when this happened? I was ten. I was very young. That's around the right age, I think, because you start having formative memories, and it doesn't become that hazy shit of being like, "Oh, I think I bought a Batman toy when I was four. It's that perfect age, and mm. to to have ultimate nostalgia. I think that's mm. why our generation is always like, "Oh, the Pokemon's back." It's it's that I think it's that age of about eight mm. to twelve. Again, just back to kids. Fuck. Any- <laughs> wow, what happens in this uh, Sultan fantasy? Nothing was illegal back then. Yeah, the, 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 the laws around consent were very different back yeah, then. If you were the Sultan, you were the law, man. Exactly. But, um, Is there a harem? <laughs> uh, look, that, that's another part of my mind. Um, but the, so there is. Of course there's a fucking harem. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys. I, look, okay, but do you uh, do you have any? Is there any sexual component to your uh, meditation? No, serious question. No. Okay. Do you? No. I feel like that's the other thing I like about meditating. It's the only time that I don't. I know that I'm not going to get some surprise boner and just be like, "That's it. I'm going to have to have a wank now." Like that, I know for that ten minutes, which is, <laughs> I've never thought of it that, but yeah, well, that never actually happens. Wow. It's a nice, it's just a good place to be. Yeah. And then for the rest of the day, look, I, I recommend it to anyone in any scenario it's when they're always just being like, I've got anxiety issues. I just say you solve rape that. culture. Just, uh, just meditate. I reckon you could, man. I mean, it probably would go a long way to helping in that regard. I wonder, I would like to see if there's any studies into prisons and forcing inmates to meditate. Because I know that even just something... Because they're always cutting back on psychological programs in prisons mm. just to run a profit margin. But they'll always let in the priest just because he'll do it for free. And just him being there helps. Yeah. So... Go on. Just go on. And I've got a question. Okay, uh, go, go. What is it? Well, I was going to say, uh, because I know <laughs> you, you, you relate a lot to the... Med- you relate the meditation a lot to Buddhist uh, and Eastern philosophy. What's your opinion of the, I suppose, the monotheistic... Uh, religious forms of spirituality so christian prayer for example it's the same thing and you know what else is well? exactly the same thing no <laughs> okay yeah well then i agree i agree with you but it is a form of meditation oh, it has huge and it has huge benefits and the gratefulness uh from christian prayer is, is is fantastic i think and also you know what i like about it as well and i think that this is a huge component well first of all it's just proven that the, the least satisfied people in general you have your sam harris's and whatnot that have just figured out oh, you can be meditating and be an atheist but in general atheists are the least satisfied with life mm-hmm. and it's because if you don't find something that kind of constantly reminds you of how big the universe is and how insignificant you are. Everything becomes big in your mind that's happening to you personally. Yeah, like for instance, that, that happens to me when I'm in the traffic. And you're right, when you don't meditate, man, yeah. that happens. When you're just like, oh my God, someone cut me off. This is the biggest tragedy in the world right now. Like yeah. that's what happens in your mind when you aren't reminded of bigger entities Oh, without a doubt, than you. because that's, I think, just a Darwinian response. Our mind is focused on... Uh, you know, amplifying every little problem that we face into the biggest thing possible because yeah. over the centuries that would have helped the humans who were starving to go and look for food versus the other human who was like, this is not the problem, man. I'm fine. <laughs> but in, in, in today's society, that is extremely unhealthy. And you know what else? Oh, sorry, I just got to add to that. Yeah. 
let me chime in on this one because like it was there's another there's another point of that evolutionary thing which is that your nervous system wasn't designed for the modern world in no. that in the olden days kind of being a neanderthal would have been like being a cop in that you would have had long periods of boredom interrupted by sheer moments of horror so your nervous system is kind of designed to be like this most of the time and then to react like, you know, just out of the blue, just being like, fuck another year. <laughs> then, then just going back to just being like, yeah, anyway, back yep. to theories. That's what it's supposed to be designed for. Now, what happens instead is you've eliminated the, the ever-present threat, unless you live in Syria or some shit, but like in, in you know, a stable Western well, democracy. Well, banks down, am I right? <laughs> yeah, no. What's the difference, bros? Um... They, they have like a, they, yeah, so now what it's been replaced with is instead of just having this level of calm, there's just this constant level of, refrig- they call it like a refrigerator hum of anxiety that is made by mm. being in the modern world. Yeah. And the best way to offset that is meditation because it just brings that level of that hum of just being like, mm, I'm going to pay bills and oh, fuck, I'm going to miss my TV show and all that shit that goes down mm. as a result of that. So, I don't know, it's just interesting that you brought that up in that yeah. way because I forgot about that. I mean, just being able to, I guess, what you, you could call externalizing the ego in some way. Uh, the thing that you mentioned earlier in, in the podcast, which is that when you have the cosmic perspective, you instantly become more calm and you also just become so much more likable. I think so. I, I was reading an article today, uh, just this NRL player who has had this season-ending in, injury He's in his mid-twenties. It's affected his contract negotiations moving forward. And when you're in your mid-twenties, that's probably the biggest pay packet of your life. And he Damn. just put out this message saying, look, it's sad, it's, it's, it's tough, and his team is coming first. It looks like they're going to win the whole competition. But in the end, I'm just a footy player. There are other people out there doing it way more tough than me. See, that's likable in all itself. all the comments were just, what a, what a solid bloke. What it's, a good guy. Dude! That's my thoughts exactly. That's what a universal. solid blow. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you can, as soon as you're not the vic, as as soon as you don't play the victim, people yeah. just they're instantly attracted to you. I think it's also it probably is goes everything goes back to evolution, doesn't it? But I think that that is probably a thing. It's just like a because in in chimp societies, usually the alpha chimp is the one that is able to do enough favors for the other chimps. Mm. Um, you know, then they it gets more technical, and then they kind of just create this little oligarchic cabal, this little mafia of other strong chimps, and just like chicken boys to his other biggest enemy. But the thing is, in general, mm. he's doing favors for everybody in the group, so he kind of creates this political will towards mm. him. As it's just like because the other chimps recognize that guy actually gives a fuck about me. He gave yeah. me the monkey brain. Yeah, just a little gesture like that, and they think that guy's a solid guy. And in general, it has had an evolutionary skew towards it because that person is able to make a group tighter as a result of just being like, "We're all in this together, man." And as mm. a result of that, those chimp troops grow larger than the ones that are headed by some alpha chimp that just like pushes the other ones out of the way to get a monkey, as opposed mm. to ripping monkey apart and giving it to the others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I think it's just, yeah, maybe it's just that. There's just something in your mind that as soon as you hear that guy, just be like, yeah, it's not all about me. It's about the team. Yeah. <laughs> you just think mad. Yeah, literally for the boys. Yeah, for the boys. It's about the boys. The boys doing it tough in the bush. <laughs> Do you, I just, a random question uh, going on the chimp 
anecdote. Do you think uh, altruism comes from a place of self-interest? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, but... easy. <laughs> <laughs> Do Done. you? I think it can, and I think most of the time it does. But I think that's cool. It's yeah, still yeah. altruism. Oh, it, it is. It is still altruism. I just don't know if... It, well, because we do... Yeah, we, we have... Em- so chimps have empathy. They have the ability to feel empathy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, dogs feel empathy. Yeah, right. Right. So there's like most... I think most mammals feel... In fact, oh, really? there was a study saying that there's a certain we type of fish too. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently the thing that we have is just more complicated emotions. So when you go to a dog, uh, okay. they actually love you more than your wife or your kids ever could. The dog does. Because there's all these yeah. boundaries wow. that are taken away. That's why you always see divorced dads with a dog. Yeah. Who else could love them? Rusty's not going to cheat on me. <laughs> so true. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I think that, yeah, when, it com- when it comes to that, if, you, if you're going to talk about altruism, I think it's just that it made our species more successful than the other ones. Mm. Um, You've read uh, Sapiens, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. You recommended me to read that, actually. It's a really good book. It's fascinating. It puts a lot of things into perspective. The thing I I remember the most from that book was how there's evidence to suggest that the Neanderthal brain was actually larger than the Homo sapien brain. But the uh, reason that Homo sapiens won out in the evolutionary race was that we were able to organize ourselves in into groups of about 50 to 100 mm. and have a common whether it's a story or a symbol or a some form of symbolic entity that we would attach ourselves to so they found you know how they found those uh statues or things of like the bird head and things like that from 50 60,000 years ago so a lot longer than we thought humans were developing those sorts of symbols and they think the coordination of groups of homo sapiens over whatever that the deity or whatever it was that that uh, allowed them to organize themselves as a group and eventually you know just ex- cause the neanderthals to go extinct yeah which is crazy when you think about it it is a really weird idea that truly what separates us from the animals is is pretty much the fact that we can imagine that Jemima from play school's real. That's it. It's just it's just yeah. about our imagination. Yeah, which is really it's fascinating. Do you it's think very... there's do you think there's an, an intrinsic need for every human to have that sort of spiritual component and the ability to think of something greater than the self? I yeah, and that was covered by monotheistic religions for most of the last couple of millennia. Yeah. Well, it's it's still today very prevalent in that if you look at the top of the charts, it's clearly Buddhism. Buddhism's always there. They're the yeah. happiest. They actually earn the most. They they just handle life a lot better than most people mm. because anything that comes their way, like if, if they win the lottery, they'll just be like, this feeling will pass. And then like they get leukemia mm. and it's like, this feeling will pass. Plus I'm bold anyway. No one will notice. And then... <laughs> and Wait, um, will the leukemia feeling pass? I don't know. That, that's fatal, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But like, uh, you will look at Eastern societies, and they deal with tragedy way better than the West does. Mm. And again, it's because they don't have this thing of why me. They have this 
they kind of have this understanding of why not me? Because mm. everything just goes back to karma and all that kind of stuff. It, it's just another way of organizing your thoughts, I guess. But the thing is that all of these religions, on average, will be happier than atheists yeah. because of that thing. So there is definitely a spiritual need that needs to be fulfilled there. Mm. And, and that's the, part of meditation. Yeah, without a doubt. And as the rates of religion are decreasing... Uh, which has its benefits, don't get me wrong, because there is definitely a conflict between science and, and religion there. But we need to replace so many of those other things that religion was, uh, was doing for us, mm. such as the spirituality and the sense mm. of community and the, the gratefulness and all these really positive moral aspects that we're now replacing with what? Like, oh, this is my like, the footy team or the the celebrity or I don't know. Yeah, it's really gross. Politics, basically. You know what's really scary? Think about this. For the last two thousand years, yeah, the most recognised symbol on Earth was the Muhammad cross. Oh, sorry, the last thousand years it was the the, the, the sorry the Muhammad whatever the symbol of Islam. The and it's now moon. Is it now the McDonald's M? Yes, and the second one is Coke. So fucked. It That's... used to be the cross and the moon. Wow. That is a that is a de evolution of society. Sure, that is. Yeah. Wow. That, that's really oh, fucked. Man. <laughs> no. Just something with this unnatural amount of sugar that like does the exact opposite of making you feel profound about your place in the world and wanting to do charity for your special your fellow man. Just purposefully scattering your thoughts and being like, oh, I need more coke now. I'm getting jittery. <laughs> Fuck. And McDonald's. Is that any better? Is that like, have you ever eaten McDonald's and not felt like total shit afterwards? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you have that feeling of like, yeah, that was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a very scary thought. But do you think because they've marketed the brand of McDonald's and Coca-Cola and associated it so much with just positivity and having a good time with your family, the Happy Meal, for example, when it, when you're a kid, the value you got when you had a Happy Meal, you know, the, 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 just the, the joy that you felt. Do you think that uh, trumps the negative physical consequences in any way? <laughs> what? You was, no, dude. You don't think... Because when dude, you had a Happy Meal, you were so happy. Yeah, but that's... A, <laughs> dude, that's a whole point. It's to trick you for the rest of your life to just be like, it's like getting that you at that age you were talking though, about. Like the happiness you do, the nostalgia, the happiness you feel when you go to McDonald's. Look, man, like that's like I'm very glad that you're like trying to find the the, the you know the, I mean, the silver I agree with you. Here. I think this is bad I and mean, it is a de-evolution, but there's at least there's something there. Well, I mean, it's so it's been so hammered into us. That we almost do associate that as as an almost religious entity. Yeah. And so there is that vaguely spiritual element to it. That's all I'm trying to say. Which is actually the design of it as well. They wanted to make that oh, the, right. the thing that was like uh, synonymous with the American town would have just been like town hall, church, McDonald's. Well, it worked. That is because every time I think about America, the first thought I'd have is the American flag. The second one is McDonald's. So... yeah. It says everything you need to know about the imperialist structure of it. Um, but yeah, man, like, uh, I, look, uh, I, I appreciate your perspective on that. 
but I'm not particularly sold. I don't know, man. Is it worth it, like having a few goes down the slide for morbid obesity and early onset diabetes? Well, when you put it that way, no, but not every consumer of McDonald's has those things. Which is cool, man. I do like the fact that because it's essentially what you have become if you don't become that is you've become one of those people that grew up Christian then and after a while was just going, how could the world be built in seven days? That's what you've done to McDonald's. You've just... Wait, what? Like, like, so McDonald's probably, the people that started going to it more just didn't really question it and were just like, it tastes mad and just kept going. Yeah. So they, they are. They're just getting that sector of society that likes following rules and moving them into them. And they have been yeah. super successful at it. Yeah. Which is, yeah, now that I think about it, no, I'm really sad about it. I don't... I, I, oh, it's, without I, a doubt, it's not good. It's not... There's there's yeah. better ways to uh, appeal to those types of people. But I, all I'm saying is that it can have that same fervour within, yeah. within the person that yeah. can have positive mental aspects. But... I mean, yeah, maybe I pose a question that mind. maybe, yeah, maybe it could trump the, the physical... Uh, uh, consequences but you know what it, yeah it probably doesn't have you seen <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen blade runner 2049 yeah that's essentially what the main character's job is right just to instill these false memories into someone's mind it's, Was it? it's i like can't a, remember was that the ryan gosling character no the girl that was in this bubble her entire life and what she does is just make these fake memories oh, for the yeah, robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crazy. So I think that's... Blade Runner's really scary when you really look into it because it's just such a snapshot of where society's going and it just everything is always just... You, you look at Blade Runner and you think, yeah, everything now is just a primitive version of that. That's what's so appealing about those movies, I reckon. Yeah, Blade Runners, all the cyberpunk as a genre. Because mm. out of all of the dystopias, it's probably not going to be like Mad Max. It's probably not going to be like Waterworld. It's probably going to be like Ghost in a Shell or Blade Runner. Mm. Just, I haven't seen... What's it? Ghost in a Shell? Well, it's just the same shit. It's just like the environment's completely fucked, but you can sure. install eyes that can see through walls and see naked chicks sometimes. <laughs> I know that 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 sounds like Eden to me. Yeah, cool. That <laughs> sounds like paradise. <laughs> We've reached peak peak human at that yeah. point. <laughs> Already, that's happening. I mean, the 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 sex robots are very realistic now, and they're yeah, selling massive amounts. Are they? Yeah, in, particularly in countries like uh, Japan and Korea. Oh, of course, where the oh, birth rate is already extremely low, and they have virtually no immigration. But that's the whole, their, their whole scheme is to try and figure out robots to do everything so they don't have to import any immigrants. How um, Japanese wow, is Wow, so they're going to have, it's going to be like that episode in Rick and Morty where they'll have fertility bots that can actually hold a female egg and the guy can just... Damn. <laughs> just, is, well, that, is that what... Well, they're not even, I, well, maybe they're thinking about that. I don't know, there's like 120 million of them, maybe one of them is, but... In general, what they're thinking is like, mm. we'll just replace all the medial tasks of aged care with some robot that just goes like, okay, oh, Mr. Magoyo, in the morning and stuff. And that'll be, instead of having a nurse, that'll be just some smiley face. It's just like, would you like to get up? Yes. Yay. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's what I know about it anyway. Um, Crazy. But yeah, look, man, I've just got to say before we wrap up, sure. I am very, very happy to hear that you continue to meditate for the last two years. Because there's not many people that do. The fact that you kept to it shows that you show some value to it. And it does. It has an accumulative value over your life, I think. Oh, without gets, a doubt. Because every day that you had that was better than what it, what it otherwise would have been builds up over time. Yes. Yeah. And as I, was, uh, as I said before, the, just the, the ability to observe your thoughts. And you get better at that the more you meditate, the less you react to it in a negative way. You're always going to have some bad thoughts pop into your mind and have adverse reactions without a doubt, but you can severely limit the extent of that negativity. Mm. Which is just a gift and it's, that should be enough of a reason to start meditating. Yeah. Just so you don't listen to a simple plan and think like, he's got a point. Like, it's just a pathetic way to walk through life, thinking emo bands are like, a, a, you know, philosophical. I love your tangents. Like, how you related to that? And so specific, simple plan. I mean, I mean, I, I, look, I meditate and I still, I love simple plan. They're a great band. Of all the emo bands, I, they were my favourite. Uh, I'm trying to forget. Very good. <laughs> when I was in year six. Very good. I, I related so hard to that song of course yeah my u6 crush i was addicted to her (laughs) i couldn't forget it. do you know what happened to her do you know what happened to u6 crush no because i don't have her on facebook yeah Uh, it's a shame no but um sarah if if you're if you're out there and happen to be a fan of this uh wouldn't that be amazing hit me up Seriously, Sarah, if you are listening, or if somebody knows who this Sarah might be, but this, please, can we find? Dude, her? this girl uh, in Year Six, there was probably uh, there was sixty people in our grade and a pretty even gender split. At least twenty out of the thirty guys had a crush on this girl. Mm, it's always the case. Yeah, eighty percent of men want twenty percent of women. Oh, what is it's the other way around? Was well, both apparently? Is it? Of course it is. It's just the eighty twenty rule works with everything. It works with any industry, 20% of the, the workers make really? 80% of the money in it. Isn't it that men just want a greater quantity of women, whereas women want a higher quality of men? That, that plays into it, definitely. But if they had the choice, they would pick all of those women in that 20%. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they're happy to settle for... for oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, 60%. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know... I want to know what Sarah's doing. Don't you? Aren't you curious to find out? Uh, look, and also... Look her up on Facebook. My, yeah. Who was my crush? Tamara. Did anything eventuate? No. See you six. Never would. What, what's, what's eventuating? Actually, she had, a, she had a... I think she did date one of the guys in our primary school in year six. It was like a jokey year six relationship. Hmm. Oh, and he gave her a Black Eyed Peas album. <laughs> so <laughs> I think. <laughs> Do you remember which Black Eyed Peas album? I think it was. It, was um, it wasn't Elefunk. It was the uh, the Monkey Business. I think. Damn, the yeah. less famous of the two, clearly yeah. on discounted Saturday. And that one had a Don't Funk with My Heart. It had my humps. Did it? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. That, I, that's like, how you win a, a, a 12-year-old girl's heart in 2005. <laughs> Such Get her the Black Eyed Peas album. <laughs> well, did you try? Did you try and win her? I never even... Ad- I was so never shy. I didn't. Even, I never even admitted to it. And every other guy, like every other guy, liked her. So I just felt weird about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I'm admitting it now. So, <laughs> <How many? laughs> four, what is two decades later? <laughs> Fourteen years later. <laughs> I'm not as old as you, mate. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've got to remember the difference, but still. <laughs> 1.5 decades and he's out. Hmm. Finally have the balls to... to and on a, such a public forum. It's pretty weird that that's what happened. Um, I've got mm. to say that this is the eventuation of it, that you uh, didn't do the usual thing of just going, hey, should we have a school reunion? Uh, nah, it's a bit too late. Yeah, 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 all right. I'm not going to bother with that. Um, it's never too late. You, you, you never had one, did you? Did you have one? Primary school reunion. Yeah, we did have one. Uh, we had a five-year one. So we were still in high school, but only about eight people showed up. It was strange. And you were one of them. Yeah, I was. It's very nice of you, I've got to say. Mm. Yeah, I went to a school reunion. It's the same thing. It's just. Mm, Have you gone to a high? You you went to a ten year high school high school reunion, didn't you? Mm. That was pretty fucked. Yeah, how so? Because you know why? This actually goes back into the meditation thing. What you realize is nobody changes. They just get older. Wow, that's dark. It's mad if you were a mad person at that time, but otherwise... <laughs> no, just... <laughs> no, I'm scared because I was not... Like, I definitely did not... Uh, you know, I was not uh, high on the social ladder in high school. We can say that. Yeah, but if you go to the high school reunion... It was all I... right. I wasn't a... Not well, yeah, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're middle ground, I don't know what you're scared of. You know what happens when you go to a high school reunion, the people that were at the bottom of the pecking order, they're not coming back. They're not, they're, they're not reliving that shit. Yeah. You have to wait for them to be on a reality TV show, which is usually what ends up happening to them. Oh, really? It's happened guy, a couple a, of times, yeah. A guy from my primary school was on RBT. Fuck. Hmm. Four times over the limit. Oh, my God. And then the police asked him, so whose fault is it that you're four times over the limit? And he's like, oh, well, guess it's me. Oh, actually, nah, it's you guys for doing me over. (laughs) (laughs) What a legend. Technically true. Do you know anything about him? No, other than that, no. I was was good friends with him in primary school. But, yeah, we lost contact. I, I have him on Facebook, I think. Well, yeah, I don't know where he is now. I, honestly, I know that we're supposed to do homework for the next session about substantive issues, but, but dude, I would much prefer you <laughs> to just go and look at all the freaks in year six and see what they're up to, man. Or well, look, that can be part of it. That can be all a, right, a right. section of the next podcast. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll have uh, Neil's so Corner. Definitely had, uh, yeah, went to, went to primary school with a few interesting cats. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, everyone does, and they're always good stories. Busy. I'm always happy about it. Mm. Um, anyway, we should probably end it. But uh. <laughs> concluding remarks. Uh, well, I think we're both definitely in favour of meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Extremely pro, especially in this uh, technological age, and without, particularly with the less incidence of religion, I think we need it. Yeah, it it 
answers a bit of that question. The other part that I think about is you have to find a cause that is bigger than yourself, but that mm. thing of prayer is replaced with meditation. Yeah. yeah. This is why Buddhism isn't a really... Oh, I hate that point. Yes, it is. Come on. <laughs> how how uh, like uh, presumptuous is that for me to just read like two very airporty Buddhist books and then just go, yeah, yeah, I know enough. It's a religion. <laughs> <laughs> what do people say when people say it's not a religion? What do they do? They say it's a philosophy. Mm. That's the, the long and the short of it. It's mm. just wisdom, man. <laughs> and they're right. It is. It's it's very very wise shit. A lot of it is. It's and, and you know what else? This is the other thing that's very cool about Buddhism. In that, if you go and tell the Catholic Church that the world wasn't created in seven days, they will defend it to the hilt to the death they will say otherwise i mean you know like it depends who you ask in the church but there will be people in there but essentially the overarching principles in buddhism is that they say that like you know smug snarky scientists walk up to the elites of the buddhist you know the people around the dalai lama or whatever and they'll just be like um did you know that there's actually more than four elements and then they show them the periodic timetable and this was recorded and it was the first time they saw it because they're in Tibet. They didn't have the access to the most modern technology. They looked at it and they were just like, oh, okay, thank you for telling us. And that was the end of 5,000 wow. years of culture or however long it's gone. It was just like that. They were just like, okay, there's, there's more than four elements. We were wrong. Anyway, moving on. Wow. It's cool, isn't it? Truly peaceful people. Yeah. Truly at peace with themselves and with the world. So... So meditate. So meditate. So an extension to that footy player, good on Buddhists in general as well. (laughs) (laughs) Always think about others. That's what it comes to. Oh, damn, yes. One of the most simple life lessons you can ever learn. Think about others. (laughs) That's true, man. No, but it's, and yeah, it is very true. Don't want to uh, underestimate that. I like the fact that you've got a uh, Jerry Springer final thoughts. Little point at the end. <laughs> so good. So I think what we've learned here today is uh, be kind to one another. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>